Hey, Dr. Bill Singer here for another Gospel Rant. We are continuing on our study, our look at the Enneagram. I'm here with my one of my millennial daughters, my youngest millennial daughter, Allison. So um, here we go. We're going to plunge right into this. I started uh, last time, Allie, saying that, you know, I was raised thinking Enneagram was filled with witchcraft and hocus pocus and, and something that Christians should avoid. But but what you've said, it's it's really just another way of trying to figure out who you are and how you work with people, and uh, it, it really has to do with identity and community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that insight. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, it gives it gives a language for um, yeah for the way people relate to others. And, and there are people who, who, who listen to this and go, no, I, I've, I've heard bad things about that. But mm-hmm. but you haven't come across anything like that, right? I mean, this is just another way of looking at your of, of uh, who you are, your identity. Yeah, I think as a tool, it can be very helpful. I as think a tool, right? Anyone can make it um, make it a way of life or claim it as an identity, and then it can get dangerous. But the tool itself is, is highly effective. Uh, St. Augustine said, uh, one of his famous prayers to God is help me know thee and me. And that's all. And this is the, this is the help me know me probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, Uh, and, um, I've heard it described as also recognizing that each one of these personality types reflects an attribute of God. Oh. And so in order to understand like these personality types, you're, you're also getting to know. Okay. Um, yeah. One of the many facets. Of- so it affects worship, it affects prayer, it affects all of those things. Mm-hmm. And probably particularly with the twos, right? I mean, and not to say that twos are anywhere perfect, but there's some aspects of, of God and Jesus that come through really big time in two. I have a, a book that you suggested that I looked at and really enjoyed reading the road back to you an Enneagram journey to self-discovery. Uh, and, and before each of the nine numbers, uh, the, the authors have a section called what's it like to be a one or two or three or four or nine. And I just want to read this real quickly. What is it like to be a two? Uh, here we go. Number one is when it comes to taking care of others, I don't know how or when to say no. Two, I'm a great listener. And I remember the stories that make up people's lives. Three, I'm anxious to overcome misunderstandings in a relationship. Four, I feel drawn to influential or powerful people. Five, people think I'm psychic because I usually know what other people need or want. Six, even people I don't know well share deep stuff about their lives with me. Seven, it seems like people who love me should already know what I need. Eight, I need to be acknowledged and appreciated for my contributions. Nine, I'm more comfortable giving than receiving. Ten, I like my home to feel like a safe and welcoming place for family and others. 11, I care a great deal about what people think of me. 12, I want other people to think I love everyone, even though I don't. 13, I like it when the people who love me do something unexpected for me. 14, lots of people ask me for help and it makes me feel valuable. 15, when people ask me what I need, I have no idea how to answer. 16, when I'm tired, I often feel like people take me for granted. 17, people say my emotions can feel over the top. 18, I feel angry and conflicted when my needs conflict with others. Uh, 19, sometimes it's hard for me to watch movies because I find it almost unbearable to see people suffer. And 20, 
last, I worry a lot about being forgiven when I make mistakes. Yeah, pretty complex person, but really, honestly, people you want to have as a friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are known as the helper or the giver. Um, so they are constantly going to be finding ways to take things off your plate and make things easier for you. And they, I'll say for me, typically my two friends know what I need more often than I do. Um, hmm. Yeah, they're quick to show up. And and it does sound like there's some, I mean, the drawbacks is some codependency and some... Hmm. Um, yeah. Why, yeah. why didn't everybody else caring for me? And if they did, I don't know how I would receive it anyway. Right. And I think, um, the caricature of the two can tend towards manipulation in, um, in giving in order to be given to. So there, um, there can be these strings attached of, um, well, I've treated you this way. So why can't you do the same right. uh, without truly voicing those desires or there's those needs. And that's, yeah, more of a in an unhealthy too of recognizing, oh, I expect you to do this. And then when you don't, um, yeah. really aggressively uh, give gifts or that sort of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, whereas a, a healthy too will learn how to speak their needs and be able to to give without the expectation of something in return. Or feel like they need to give, or that's part of their identity, yeah. or right, right. need to give so that they'd be liked, right? I mean, I can, I yeah. mean, that, that fits with some of my, you know, I'm, I'm shame prone, and then that's some tendencies of my shame prone. If, if I give to people, or serve people, or, or tell people how great they are, then, you know, they'll, they'll like me more. Right. The need for but that's not a, it's coming from a two, it's just insecurity and shame. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think I think the more a two is validated for its ability, it's their ability yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to um, to show up in that way. It becomes an identity thing of when you're praised for being the the helper and being selfless, you forget yourself and you um, you become reliant on the fact that people need you. Um, and it's terrifying to think that you may not be needed or desired, um, and so you're very existence and worth depends on it mm -hmm. even more so for it too mm -hmm. yeah so one of the things we want to talk about is is what difference the gospel makes i mean i think of philippians 2 you know having the mind of christ but the essence of that is is there's this there's a spirit innate to god dna of god where he actually cares for other people um as much as he cares for his son. I mean, that sounds so outrageous, but that's the nature of Jesus. What he, what he was willing to do uh, is just crazy innate to God. The difference would be he didn't need people to respond uh, positively for his identity. His identity was whole. Uh, man, Philippians 2, if you don't have the spirit inside of you cranking this out, you could easily burn out treating other people better than yourself. Yeah. I mean, that could be a hard thing to be a two if you're driven that way. It's a great thing to be a two if you don't need, if your cup's already full, you don't need people. To, and, you know, the Holy Spirit, God's fullness, Paul talks about in Ephesians 3. And then you're just so free to give. I mean, yeah. it would be great to have churches filled with these people. Right. Well, I think free to give and also recognizing 
um, like the biggest point of growth um, that is often needed in twos is recognizing that they do have needs and are also welcome at the table. So it's not um, well, like, yes, welcome they, at the table without doing something without. Yeah. Yeah. So they, very... they are not earning a spot by their service. Mm. Um, they are a needed and desired presence, whether or not they're helping um, or giving, um, which I think yeah, like thinking through the light of the gospel, yes, a two, um, like their natural tendency can be so powerful for the kingdom, mm-hmm. but even more so when a two can recognize that they have already received that love for themselves. Like it's not a, oh my goodness, I've, I have been given the spirit, therefore I can give. It's, oh my gosh, like my father loves me. And that is, is the realization that often gets skipped with a two. It's um, twos can be really, um, really tempting to use in the kingdom, um, mm-hmm. use and misuse. Um, and, and you misuse because, themselves, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. completely. Because they're, they're going to be the first to volunteer. They're going to struggle in saying no. Um, mm. And so what would it look like for a two to truly receive, which is the gospel, right? Um, yep. Like your job <laughs> in the gospel is to receive yeah. and be transformed by it. And and that's one of the hard things that, yeah, that, that particularly shamed people, and I guess twos do. Yeah, I remember in in uh, in Van, Vancouver in Christ the King Church, I was when I really started preaching this gospel that God loves you as you are, not as you should be or could be, all because of what Christ did for you. Uh, uh, there were two ladies who just got that, and these were two of the hardest workers in the church plant. And, uh, I mean, we relied on them. One did children's ministry. One did outreach. They were fireballs. I mean, you know, if I asked them to do something, they came, they came with ideas. They were just fireballs. But after that series of sermons, they said, oh, my gosh, we got it. We, uh, we resign. We don't, we don't need to do this anymore. And I went, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. It's not supposed to work that way. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, we, of course, we let them. And and uh, in our safe community, one of them actually weeks later went back to what they were doing because she really felt like that's what she was called to do now. Not that she needed to do it. She was called to do it. The other person went to a whole different ministry. Mm. Um, I think they were twos, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Very so we well set them you. free by telling them they were actually already loved by God. Mm. Which is so hard to do, like in relationship with a two. <laughs> Right. Like, you know how to get the, the, the outcome that you want. And so I think it's so, it's so easy because you see that codependency of, okay, you need me to need you and I need you. Like, I need you to do these things. Right. Um, Right. You tell them after they do that. That's I mean, you tell them after they do the work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And so I think it's recognizing like, how can I empower this person to realize that they are their own identity? Mm -hmm. Um, And not me empower them because they don't need me to do anything for them slash I guess vice versa. The author of the book says that he, for each of the numbers, he talks about a deadly sin or really kind of an Achilles heel for each of the numbers. And he lists pride for the two, even though they appear selfish, selfless, they can, they can pick up pride uh, because of that. Hmm. I guess Hey, look at me. I'm doing all the work, maybe something like that when they're unhealthy. Well, so I think the, Hey, look at me, um, Mm -hmm. mantra often Mm -hmm. gets paired more so with the three. Um, I think it's that, that 
um, the phrase I use describing twos often is the need to be needed. And so um, a two wants to be thought of, right? So it's not a, oh, a two appreciated. Yep. in the limelight. Is it appreciated um, or needed? I guess those are two different things. It's, it's, I would say a little bit of both, but um, needed is the, is the word that I hear used more often mm-hmm. of like when, when you see a, a mm-hmm. lack or something in your life that you need, a two wants their face to pop up um, because they mm-hmm. want, they want to matter in that. It's not the accolades, it's the, yeah. um, this guarantees that I will need to matter to this person. Yeah. So, so I won't be abandoned. Yeah. Wow. So in relationships, if you were, if you had a good friend or let's say you had a spouse who was a two, it, it would be important to, for them to hear they matter. I guess everybody, right? But I mean, for a two. Um, maybe. And I think, I think that's where I think Enneagram leaves a lot of space for this fluidity of, um, I don't know. I hear love languages talked about with twos a lot, especially, um, because this idea, this idea of, um, twos can tend meet needs with the expectation that you will then anticipate their needs, Right. Um, they're not typically quick to speak their needs or ask for it. They just expect that because you love them, you will mm. reciprocate what they're so naturally good at. Which they, yeah, which um, they do by nature, right? Yeah. So that could be, um, that could be anticipating that, that um, you need to affirm them with words. It could be, um, I'll say I have felt very loved by twos and I'm so grateful for twos in my life um, mm-hmm. where I was going on a trip and my dear, dear two friend, um, I was having a really stressful week and was chaperoning this trip with my students. And I came home and there was a care package full of snacks Mm -hmm. on my bed, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so this like unspoken gift of, I was like, I would never have asked. I would never have thought of it. (laughs) <laughs> no, me neither. But I was like, this is actually so like, this makes me feel so loved. I need and to go I was, find some two friends. Oh my goodness. And I was overwhelmed by it and was like, wow, like to be thought of that intentionally, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how incredible. And then later on I had to think through of like, oh, how can I do that for my friend? Like mm-hmm. I, that doesn't, that's not naturally where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a, when we're together, mm-hmm. like, let's find this piece. And like, yep. you know, and I'm not a two, but I thought I was for a long yeah. time. And many people thought I was, um, I can see yeah. that. So it's, it's this anticipation of me. So not so much that they need to be affirmed all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's, um, okay. You will think of me when I'm not around. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's again, that, that being wanted, that being desired. I, I'm, I mean, and I, I need to go, go find some, can you recruit them at zip recruiter <laughs> or something? Oh my goodness. Um, I think yeah. I'm have a lack of them lately. I need <laughs> I need to work on this. Hey, listen yeah. to the famous twos that are mentioned. I mean, this is impressive. Mother Teresa. Uh, so Archbishop I actually Desmond Tutu. Whew. Really? Where are you getting this list? Uh, this is from Road Back to You. Okay, I have seen articles on Mother Teresa actually being an eight. So I was just surprised by that. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. I just work here. 
I just work here. But uh, <laughs> so back to back to Jesus. I mean, during the Easter season, right? This is a lot of tunis, uh to to do what he did, right? That whole triumphal entry, which was such a bust. Um, you know, all just, you know all those trials without blowing his top and crushing people, and then of course hanging on the cross because he knows our need. It sounds very too like to me. Yeah, extremely selfless. Yeah, right. Um, without yeah, demanding I, and I think, anything. Right. That's the attribute of God that I think the two reflects. Right. It's that right. um, willing to give the thing that I didn't even know I needed. Right. right. Like this, this sacrificial, right. um, I mean the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice right. um, with no strength attached. And that's the beauty of the two in that yeah. when they are able to see their identity as something apart from others, hmm. they are so free to give yeah. uh, and free to receive. Yeah. And that's where it's yeah. not a, it's not an expectation. It's not an entitlement. It's good. Um, I like them. Uh, yeah. I want to be one when I grow up. I guess yeah. it doesn't work that way. Um, so at the end of uh, end of the, each of these podcasts, we want to ask the question, so what would the gospel look like preached to a two that would make them feel loved by God and, and it would fill their cup? I mean, it just seems, it seems simple now. It'd be like God be a two to them. I mean, God, make them feel Holy Spirit, make them feel... Uh, that you love them as they are, not as they should be or could be, whether they do stuff or don't do stuff, whether they, they other people ma- feel like they matter or, or not, but they actually feel like they matter to you. Yeah. That one's, that one's kind of easy. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't make it any less uh, warranted. I mean, it sounds like they would burn out if they, humanly speaking, if they didn't keep preaching that gospel to themselves or hear it from other people. Right. I think it's, just highlighting um, the the Lord tell me who you say I am um, mm. and recognizing that identity and that um, there is no need to prove my worth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And also that idea <clears throat> that the gospel is for me mm-hmm. and sitting in that. Um, mm. and, and God make me receive it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I which I think is, is often a harder message to believe than it is that the gospel is real. Right. Like uh, we can say like, most, Oh most my days. goodness, like Christ died yeah. and, yep. and we're given these things and we speak collectively as yep. like, Oh Lord, thank that's you good. for, for choosing really us for yeah, um, really when I think the hardest thing to believe is God, you died for me. Yeah, you gave me identity. Yep. You adopted yep. me. Um, And it's not a, oh, because that person earned it and I've helped them. It's a, no, no, no. You loved me to my core. As I am, despite (laughs) anything I have done. Yeah, that's the message, right? And and that's a life-changing message. Well, it's good. All right, we need to wrap it up. Uh, That was the uh, Enneagram number two. Next time, we'll take a look at the Enneagram number three. So, Allie, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time at Gospel rant. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. 
To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.